Ask one more small request. Make it fast. Ask leave boy alone to train. You're a pushy little bastard, ain't you? But I like that. I like that. All right. No one touches the prima donna until the tournament. Is that understood? Yes, sensei! Welcome to Double Impact, the podcast where we double back on the movies that impacted us growing up as 90s kids and decide whether they hold up today or best left in the past. I'm Tristan. And I'm Greg. We're back to our regular programming. It's a Friday afternoon. Friday afternoon, VB in hand. Working week is not quite done. I'm going to have to take a call because mm. I'm a high-flying executive. But with the magic of editing, uh, you'll never know. You'll never know. Did a call just happen now? Maybe. Ooh. Are we back? Are we back? Did we go? The answer is no. You'll never know. You'll never know these things. Mm. My babies. What'll happen to my babies? <laughs> What's that? You'll never know. Wait, what is that? Stable impact. Bo- oh, yeah. Bolo Jung. Of course it is. Wiping out, trying to wipe out Chad and Alex. Yeah. Our namesakes. <laughs> hey, um, speaking of namesakes and new babies, probably mm. a little bit more specifically, before we get into it today, big shout out to a friend of the show, Dan Morgan. Yeah. Fellow UM alumni, mm-hmm. uh, during the week had his second baby girl. Congratulations, buddy. Been listening to the show since day one. Uh-huh. Big friend of the show, very supportive. Yeah, thank you. And, mate, perfect time to get through the back catalogue of episodes you haven't uh, had a chance to Although allegedly digest. he hasn't missed anything. Well, I made that up. Oh. It may be true. <laughs> yeah, okay. Carol said something along those lines. Right. Um, so he's had a beautiful baby girl, his second girl. Uh, her name is Winnie, which is a lovely name. Mm-hmm. Wonder Years Winnie, big fan. Big fan, yeah. My friend has a, a Winnie. Mm-hmm. She's a legend. Winnie Blues. Winnie Blues. <laughs> it's actually short for Winona. Ah, and Winfield cigarettes. Yeah, I think I think they're going to stick to Winona. Ah, okay, fair enough. Interesting um, choice. But we are big fans of Winona Ryder here on Double Impact. We are. Yeah, shout out to Winona Ryder. Mm-hmm. Um you're very good at things. I like at you. the acting things. Acting and things. We had a. She's one of my favorites. I'm surprised we haven't we haven't done yeah, any movies yet. We have. What did we do? But she was. Uh, she was a kid. Yeah. I need to do one that was a bit more influential in my youth. Like what? I don't know. Reality bites. Reality like, bites. Um, Edward Scissorhands. But she wasn't. I didn't. I didn't find it so much of a babe in Edward Scissorhands. Mm, yeah, it came a bit later, didn't it? Reality, Reality bites. bites. Is probably, the, probably the sweet spot. Yeah. With Ben Stiller. Ben Stiller and Ethan Hawke. Oh, when I, I didn't know so Ethan Hawke could be so cool because I only knew him from White Fang, which they made us watch at school. <laughs> and I was like, oh, he's so cool. He stole him Snickers. Did he? And he got fired. I don't remember that bit. I just remember when she breaks up with Ben Stiller. Yeah. He directed it. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Cut. Did he say cut? I assume so. And action. Yeah, I think so. Hey, uh, speaking of Winona, mm. can I give a gratuitous plug to my uh, current f- – New favourite wine store? Sure. Winona Wines. Winona Wines. Now, I'm not sure of the origins of Winona Wines. Wino forever, perhaps? Quite possibly. Mm. However, when I order from them on the internet, Mm. lacing the box of my freshly delivered wine is like a a collage of Winona Ryder's Face. Yeah, nice. Like a montage of pictures from different films. That's good. It's like, pretty cool. Like a high school 
folder covered yeah, in of someone that really likes hits. wine and Winona, which is us. Mm. So very Johnny Depp and Johnny Depp. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. Yeah. Well, yeah. He, had, he had Winona Forever tattoo and he, he changed it to Wino Forever. Oh, did he? Yeah. Oh, that was the reference. So it's a good wine shop. This is our first plug of, I think we should do more of these. Plugs the plugs of uh, things we like. It's not a sponsor, just things no, we like. Not at all. Like Juniper Estates, uh-huh. we like. Winona Ryder, we like. Crystal Pepsi. We'll know. get there with the Crystal <laughs> Pepsi. But these, if you like your, your natural wines, you know, your mm. minimal intervention and such. Mm. Uh, check these guys out. I think they deliver at least all over in Sydney. I deliver. I ordered it this morning. I live in the Burbs, mm. and yeah. I had it by mid afternoon. Very fast. You're in business. Yeah, good wine. Yeah, uh, good for potting. Good for potting. Speaking of potting, yeah, nice. a podcast today. Yeah, for a little movie called Karate Kid, The Karate Kid, The Karate Kid, or Karate Kid. The Karate Kid. It's it's a funny name too because it's one of those ones that gets said so many times you forget what the words are and it's just like the Karate Kid. Mm. But I guess if you read it for the first time, it's really like the Karate Kid. Like a like a it's kind of lame. It's a bit of a lame name. Mm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 1984. This movie came out. We've done quite a few 84s. I know well, quite a few out of the top ten, which is. Yeah. Usually you go through the top ten and there's not many because Beverly Hills Cop was the number one movie which we've covered. Ghostbusters was number two, which we've covered. Gremlins was number four, which we've covered. Police Academy was number six, which we've covered. Nightmare on Elm Street also came out that year. The Terminator also came out that year. Lots of movies, lots of movies. But there was one in particular about a, a certain kid, a karate kid, in a film titled The Karate Kid. This movie came out in June of 1984 with a budget of $8 million and a gross of $130 million. As we said, it's top 10 material here. came in at number five globally. Good on them. Domestically probably higher, one would argue. One might know if they looked it up. Um, mm-hmm. Rotten Tomatoes, it was universally uh, praised. <laughs> yeah, yeah. By both critics and audiences alike. Critic score of 89%, audience score of 82%. Um, but what was it a big movie for a young Greg? Yeah, it was. Um, it, oh, man, I was would have been really young when I first watched it. I got a lot of memories of the actual film itself, but yeah, the, it's a little bit hazy around it. Mm. Um, it was probably, if not one of, then my earliest engagement with martial arts. I was going to ask about probably um, the whole notion of having some wise old Japanese man living next door to me. And teaching me how to beat up the bullies is like I think I was pretty jealous of that idea. Yeah. Um, Closest I had was Jono's uncle who lived in a shed in the backyard. Oh, yeah, he yeah. did? He wasn't Japanese though. No, I he, had Mrs. Haynes next door. Oh, yeah. Mm. She yelled at us. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean I was pretty young. I don't know the age but I, I was – I can remember that the kids in it seemed – like Danny and Co, they all seemed a lot older than me. We're a lot yeah. older than me. Yeah, it's funny. I, I wouldn't have thought this was 84. It's a bit earlier than I would have guessed. Are you the same? Yeah, because yeah. I feel like I watched this as a kid. Obviously it was nowhere near when it came out because I was I came out the same year as this movie. Yeah. Um, three months before. So 
it didn't happen factor in international release. <laughs> yeah, true. Maybe maybe it was a bit closer. I mean, I definitely get them all mixed up a little bit, except for the one with Hillary Swank. Um, I think I remember number two the most probably because I I remember the Hillary Swank one really well actually. Yeah, well we watched it later. Tiger Jump. Yeah. So what are the other ones? He goes to Japan in two. Yeah, and the guy that comes sliding down the lights. Yeah, that's like pretty vivid. Um, and I can't remember what's in three though. Yeah, three's a bit of a blind spot. Yeah, so now I'm really curious because there were things that didn't happen in this movie that I thought were this movie. Oh, yeah? Yeah, because he doesn't fight. Miyagi doesn't fight Kreese in this. Well, that happens at the beginning of number two, I think. Ah, uh, okay. And he honks his nose. But then I, see, then I got confused because I was like, but then number two is in Japan. But, okay, so they do. It continues on. So uh, the start of number two I think might have been originally part of number one and then they just dumped it in number two. Right. Well, there's a lot of footage from that. Yeah, I think they did do that because I think I saw. Because it's outside the tournament. Mm. Similarly, they've got footage that was unused until now that they use in Cobra Kai. Oh. They show flashbacks to the fight from different angles and things and it was actual footage. Pretty cool. That's cool. Very cool. Very cool. Are you, have you watched Cobra Kai? Uh, I watched the first episode. Yeah. First like- episode closely mirrors Karate Kid 1 but just like flipping roller reverses around a bit. Yeah, it, was, it wasn't so bad. Cool. Yeah. Um, I just, ha- just haven't. Given it any more time. Yeah. I've had it recommended to me a lot. Yeah, same. I eventually gave after bit I ignored it for ages. Got recommended so much I finally watched it. Uh but I'll get more into that later in the context of the rewatch because it's interesting when you look at them together. Good. It's I was good. Glad one of us can bring that lens to this. And then of course the definitive version starring Jaden Smith. Yeah. Did you Did see that? I didn't no, see that. I didn't see it. Apparently it's Kung Fu. Why not just call it the Kung Fu Kid and just look at it as like a It's Jackie Chan, isn't it? Yeah. He's not Japanese. No. In, in which was case, Ju- yeah. Was Jun Tao in it? I assume so. They're still it's looking for Jun Tao to this day. <laughs> if anybody sees Jun Tao, could you please let Chris Tucker and Jackie Chan know? Thank you. Goddamn Jun Tao. <laughs> and Jaden Smith. And Jaden Smith. Anyway, let's talk about this movie. In yeah. fact, why don't we talk about the origin story of this movie? Oh, I think we're ready for it. Origin story. Did you know, Greg, that this was almost sort of kind of based on a true story? Yes. On two counts. Oh. Did you know that before this week? No. I didn't either. Yeah. It's semi-autobiographical. Yeah. Which is the best way to do a biography. Semi. Make it more interesting. Yeah. (laughs) Biographical is boring. Yeah, you just have your, you know, the nuts and bolts, maybe where you were born, Mm. your family members. Yeah. And then you just wax lyrical, you tell a tale. Then some uh, cos, cosmic space opera. Yeah. Lay it over that. Finn. Yeah, Finn. So the writer of this film uh, is the semi-autobiographical person in question. Him, His name is uh, Robert Mark Kamen. He also wrote Luther Weapon 3, uh, co-writer of The Fifth Element, speaking of space operas. Maybe that's why I maybe that's why it sunk to my head. Taken. He also co-wrote... Uh, the transport also with Luke Besson. Yeah, he's with done him. a bunch with Mr. Besson. Yeah, I didn't know about this. I didn't even know Besson did Transporter. Should I be watching Transporter? Yeah, haven't you seen it? I don't think so. I think I dismissed it. You've never seen the Transporter? No, not even on like on a flight or something. I've seen it quite a few times. Like Tran- Transporter. I'm going to deliver a package. I'm going to deliver a package, isn't it? Kick some ass in a suit. It was like <laughs> his coming out party. Was it? Is that the right expression? Lat, lat packing out party. Yeah. 
It was his entry into Lap Pack. Yeah, his own little so. Lap Pack franchise. Oh, it's it's good. It's good. Yeah, I'm kind of want to watch it now. Um, okay, so this guy. I bet you do. When Cayman was 17, he got beaten up by a gang of bullies. A gang of youths. A gang of youths at wouldn't you know it the 1964 New York World's Fair. Oh my golly gosh! Yeah, isn't that wild? Yep. So he started learning martial arts to defend himself. Yep. And his first teacher was a bit of a crease. Mm. It was all about martial arts as a tool for violence and revenge. And so he left that dojo and went to uh, study Okinawan Goju Ryu Karate under a Japanese teacher who didn't really speak English. So, are you familiar with this Goju Ryu? Yeah, Ryu Karate. And have you yeah. heard of have you heard of Chojun Miyagi? Not really. I don't know the the lineage of it. Very yeah, well. so he's the guy that created it. Yeah, note the last name. Yeah, Miyagi. Yeah. So he was he was the teacher that taught this guy's teacher. Mm-hmm. So like one step removed from the, the guy that originated. So this guy was pretty legitimately, you know, direct contact with the, you know going into this. We'll get into the rewatch later, but. I was very worried that this wouldn't hold up. <laughs> yeah. But the guy that's writing this script is someone that has, you know, very much gone through uh, the process with Goju Ryu. Did you know my... Ryu Ryu. My Kung Fu teacher, mm-hmm. Sifu, oh, yeah. he learnt from a guy called William Chung, mm-hmm. who was the guy that introduced Bruce Lee to Ip Man. Whoa. He was mates with uh, Bruce Lee on the streets. Um, when you know, he used to be a rat bag on the streets of Hong Kong getting in fights and stuff. Oh, yeah. And so he, William Chung, was the, like the best fighter around. So he kind of linked up with him to learn from Yip Man. So he right. Kick a bit of ass. That's mad. Yeah. That's cool. Well, this guy, he was, um, yeah, he was kind of a big deal. There's a whole Wikipedia page on him. I'm sure there's more than a Wikipedia page, but he's kind of a big deal. I don't know a lot about him, but yeah, Chojan Miyagi. Yeah, so, so he's. Pretty much, I'm not going to say he went through all the motions of the film, but he learned karate from this guy through that form of karate, yada, yada, yada. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, producer Jerry Weintraub, uh, he'd optioned a news article about a child of a single mother earning a black belt in response to bullies also. Yeah, okay. So there's two, two true stories. Running in parallel at, the, Running, at this time. Exactly. And these two worlds converge when Cayman gets hired to write the screenplay. And in the process, merges these two stories. His own story, to your point, the biographical part, mm-hmm. well, peppering on a little more spice because mm. uh, real life's kind of boring. Sometimes. Sometimes. You throw a little Elizabeth Shue in there. Mm-hmm. Hey, presto, we got a Karate Kid script. Now, you, it sounds like you could say here that they found the perfect screenwriter for such a film, having gone through a very similar experience firsthand. But what about the perfect director? Mm. That's the next step. That's the next step. And by gosh, they found him. In fact, I don't know if that was if this is chronological order, but they found him in John G. Avildsen, the director of Rocky. Ugh. Yeah, why not? It's he knows, perfect he knows sense. this story. He knows this story. Yeah, a real underdog, taking on the man. Taking on the man. Montages and whatnot. He's got it covered. Yeah. Yeah. Then, of course, there's cast. Uh, and there's some pretty juicy precasts oh, here. Oh, everyone. It's, but these are legit. Are they legit? Usually I skip when there's this many names. But these are legit because I saw Ralph Macho talking about it and he's like, yeah, I saw Charlie Sheen walk out of there and Robbie Downey Jr. He even says, 
he had a real hot streak there where he was really beating Robert Downey Jr. He beat him to the Outsiders. He beat him to Karate Kid. And he's like, and then, you know, <laughs> yeah, then I, then he, he's obviously winning now. <laughs> maybe, maybe Ralph Macchio should have taken some drugs. Funny you should say that. Did you ever see Wax On, Fuck Off? No, is it the... Um, Funny or Die? Funny or Die, I think, no. Basically, the, it's a sketch they did in 2010, I think, where it's basically an intervention. His family has an intervention, sits him down, has an intervention with him, basically for that reason, saying you're a child, you're a child star and you've matured into a well-adjusted father of three or whatever, yada, yada, yada. But we're worried it's hurting your career, so can you please start taking drugs? And, uh-huh. <laughs> and his agent's like, yeah, it's easier to sell you if you're, you know, a train wreck. <laughs> I like it. Um, so you're right, maybe he should have. Yeah, so other precasters in there, Sean Penn. Yeah. Um, Charlie and Emilio. Oh, Nicholas Cage. Did um did um, Tom Cruise you boy. Esteban dropped them there? Both at the same audition? <laughs> is that Marty? Martin Sheen? Yeah, Esteban. Is that his name? Yeah, and um Esteban Estevez? Thomas that, Thomas Cruise. Thomas Cruise. I know him. Yeah. He's a big deal. Mm. I think he was in the Outsiders with him too. I don't know what that is. It's a Coppola film. Film. Yeah, it's a Coppola one. I haven't seen it either. Mm, sorry. Continue. It's got everyone in it. I it's, think Swayze's in it and everyone's in it. Oh, damn. I think Matt Dillon might be in it, but I get it mixed up with Rumblefish. Anyway, now, uh, the character was originally named Daniel Weber, but it's, since they got Machio, they made him, they Italian fight him a bit. Um, Miyagi was an interesting one. They wanted they wanted Toshiro Mufini. I don't know if Who's I pronounced that? that right. He was from Seven Samurai and a bunch of Japanese movies. Okay, so he was. He's legit Japanese, yeah. couldn't speak English. And they didn't want Pat Morita. Someone kept suggesting him and the producer's like, no, 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 because he's a comedian. And, he's and he was on Happy Days. Days. And it's like, why would you, no, what are you, what are you doing that for? They finally let him audition and they were like, oh, yeah. All right, fair yes. <laughs> He grew a beard. He grew a beard and did an accent. And would you know it, he was great. For the role of Johnny, Crispin Glover was almost in, the, in, in that hot seat. That's interesting. Yeah. The ageless man. I mean, he, he kicked David Letterman that time. Oh, my <laughs> Um, For those of you who haven't listened to our episode on Back to the Future. Back to the Future. Go check it out. There's some juicy Crispin Glover stuff in there. He's a bit of a crazy man. An interesting unit. Yeah. Uh, But, of course, that well-writ role went to William Zabka. William Zabka. It was perfect. He was great. Perfect. Yeah. He's really good in Cobra Kai too. He's good. Mm. Seems like a fun guy. I think he seems like a good bloke. Yeah. Watched a few interviews this week. He's pretty funny. We should get him on the show. Yeah. He's blown up a bit now. Yeah. Yeah, we can't get him now. We could have got him four years ago. Maybe. <laughs> Ali with an eye was nearly Demi Moore, but of course it went to Elizabeth Shue after recently becoming uh, somewhat of a phenomenon through a Burger King commercial. Back when commercials, you know, everyone knew them. Um, I've got it here because why not? Burger King would like to ask you a very important, very crucial question. But relax, it's also very easy. If you think flame broiling is the best way to make a tender, juicy, tasty steak, what do you think is the best way to make a tender, juicy, tasty hamburger? Think about it. Now here's another question. If McDonald's and Wendy's fry and Burger King flame broils... Aren't you hungry for Burger King now? Never, I don't really understand the term broiling. It's an American thing, isn't it? Yeah. We don't really say it here. It sounds Boil. so similar to boil. 
Yeah, I always pictured boiling. Yeah, like a really hot boil. Quit broiling. Bish bash bosh, you got yourself a Karate Kid film. Yeah, you do. Should we play the trailer? Yes. This is it. This is the end of the line. Telling me. Did I tell you about the pool here? For Daniel LaRusso. Is this the only pool you guys got? The future seemed far from terrific. This place is a dump. You should go back to New Jersey. Hey, I know it's hard, but we're not quitters, are we? Until he met the right girl. She's beautiful. I say she's beautiful. I think she's beautiful. (laughs) Is that your address? You got it. But that only angered the wrong guy. Definitely. You gotta be nuts. And his troubles really began. Then, in one man, he found a teacher. I promise teach karate. And a friend. Fighting all his last answer. How did you do that? Don't know. First time. Power. Whole body. Make a perfect picture. How do I know if my picture's the right one? If come from inside of you, always right one. Lesson about the balance, not just karate, a lesson for all life. Why train? So I won't have to fight. Hey, karate kid, we're letting the move. Yeah! No points or no points, you're dead meat. I don't have much of a cheering section. You got me. In the end, it will be in Daniel's hands. In his body. And most of all, in his mind. Concentrate, focus, power. Remember, balance. No mercy. Columbia Pictures presents The Karate Kid. Hey, what kind of belt do you have? Canvas. You like? GC Penny, G98. <laughs> Can I get? I love the trailer. Loved mm, it. Yeah. Uh, I just. It's not enough. I just. I'm just a Don Lon Fontaine guy. How could you not oh. be? How could you not be? Mm. In a time. Oh, okay. I'm listening. Oh, oh no, that was just me doing it. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, it's, this is the plot prediction part, isn't it? No plot synopsis. That's the one. <laughs> I have seen this film. Mm. Okay, so you got this guy and this poor kid. Mm. This poor kid. He's an only child to a single mother. Yeah. Uh, that that that's can be challenging. Yeah. One of my best friends had that scenario. Yeah. It's a beautiful family setup, but it can have challenges. And to make things harder. We basically open on them leaving their life in what seems like... Newark, New Jersey. Newark, a central park in Newark. You know, they've got a lot of friends around the car. They drive off across the country, kind of probably a fun adventure, to settle in Los, Los Angeles, yeah. City of Angels. Well, I forgot that it even started in Newark and then I forgot that they drove there. Yeah, they drove it's there. crazy. So already you're like, huh, that's pretty hectic for this kid. Yeah. Moving across the country. She wants to move across the country because she likes palm trees and warm weather. It's kind of, you don't really get a lot there. Mm. I don't, look, I don't know what the background was. There, there might have been leaving an abusive dad. There might have been a job opportunity. Actually, there was a job opportunity. There you go. She got a job at some 
technology company, but it's written out of the script. But she, they go bust as she got there, so she ends up working at the restaurant. Oh, that's what happens. That's what happens. Because I missed way. I knew it was probably for work, and then Ara was watching it at this point. And it didn't. So the restaurant. I'm yeah, like, Wait, it, that's what you moved for. Yeah, nothing it, wrong with working at a restaurant, but it, there's restaurants in New York. There's in, in pop, Jersey. There's great restaurants in Jersey. <laughs> I've been um, told. Yeah. So yeah, I said it's a big, big change. You know, 14 years old. Ah, oh, it's tough. Things are pretty lean for them. Yeah. You know, they're living in a motel with a you know an empty pool. And anyway, so this other kid living there politely invites him to a beach party. You know, to hang out. It's a very wholesome beach party. You know, there's some girls there. They're playing some soccer. Yeah. They stick sausages on the end of sticks and and like put them on the fire. I think they were hot dogs. Right. Yeah. Wieners. Wieners. I've never done that. I've never done that either. It's a strange technique. So they're having a good time. He's basically being having, you know, little Izzy's Offsies with this cute, big, smiley, blonde thing. Mm. Her name's Ali. It's Elizabeth Shue. It's Elizabeth Shue. Yeah. Ray of uh, Sunshine. She's a ray of sunshine. She really is. Uh, so, you know, they're kind of flirting. It's all going quite well. Then it's nighttime, you know, the fire's going, the wieners are going. Mm. And all of a sudden, these, these biker boys on bikes <laughs> rock up and they're they're bad guys. Yeah, they've got some attitude. They've got so much. They wear headbands and red kind of pleather jackets. What is that material? Is it velvet? <laughs> yeah, mate, probably be pleather, some kind of pleather. It's like a shiny, it's like patent leather. It's shiny and red. Mm. So, yeah, these bully banded dirt bike jerks. Yeah. One of them's harassing Ali. I think it's like an ex-boyfriend, you know. Mm. They're having a bit of a tiff. Mm. This guy takes her boombox and throws it in the sand. He breaks it. It's pretty aggressive. It's so aggressive. Yeah. It's yeah. wild. You can't get away with that in 2021. So... Daniel, he basically uh, stands up to this guy mm. and turns out this guy, this guy's name is Johnny. So Johnny is a karate guy. Yeah. He beats up Daniel. Yeah. Kicks, he kicks his ass. He like mocks him with his moves. Then he, he gets beat up. He, yeah, he sucker punches Johnny but gets one on him but then Johnny just goes to town and pulls out some spinny kicks and whatnot. Yeah. I think there's a big knee in the guts maybe. Yeah. Dispatches him pretty easily. Yeah. And then... The guys that invited him to the the guy that invited him to the party, they're like, oh, where'd you find this loser? They so walk off and leave this him. This is this part I found shocking. I didn't remember this at all. And even when they first arrived, and that guy was his neighbor, and I was like, oh, how how nice is this yeah. guy? And they became mates right away. Yeah. And as soon as he gets beat up, they dog him completely, they, they and then not in the rest of the movie. Yeah, they're gone. I did. I thought as we're watching it, I'm like, oh, I for, I didn't realize he had. I totally forgot he yeah, had yeah, friends. How guy was that's nice guy helping him. Disappears as soon as he gets beat up. And he's the only one that stands up for this girl who's getting physically harassed yeah. by Johnny. Yeah. So these bullies continue to double down on LaRusso. They trip him over at school. They push him down a steep embankment on his bike, uh, which he did well to walk away from. Like that mm. could have been, you know, fatal. Yeah. Anywho, so he's getting his ass kicked. He's hating school. Like he's getting beaten up all days in this foreign land on the other yeah. side of the country with palm trees. Living in a, you know, pretty average motel with the crazy lady and the empty pool. Uh, yeah. Anyway, he catches the eye of a mysterious repairman based at the motel. 
a little old Japanese man named Mr. Miyagi. Yeah. As he says, Miyagi. He's quite mysterious. He's very mysterious. He and doesn't say much. He says no. only what needs to be said. But he is seemingly wise. Yeah. Uh, so the opposite what? of us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He'd have a very short, profound podcast. I... <laughs> so one night, they start hanging out, these two. Yeah. It's quite sweet. He's helping him cut his bonsai and he fixes his bike. It's so sweet. It's really cool. One it's night. It's so sweet. It's so sweet. The chemistry is real, man. It's so sweet. It's lovely. It's lovely. One night, uh, Daniel's getting flogged again by the bullies pretty bad this time. Yeah. There's like, a, there's like a big challenge coming and Miyagi, it's near the house. He like sees it and springs down and basically whoops five or six kids. <laughs> <laughs> he really does. <laughs> Which is hilarious. Yeah. Because uh, they're pretty young. <laughs> yeah. Um, but hey, you know, Daniel wants out of this. He wants he wants this over. So yeah. he... Miyagi's advice is to go down and talk to him and just go, hey, wrap it up. He goes, well, okay, man, can you come with me? Yeah. So they go down to the dojo. Yeah. What's <laughs> And it's pretty hilarious. John Kreese is hilarious. The the the, bay, the you know, the sensei at the Cobra Kai. He's yeah. funny, man. Anyway, long story short, they get in this sort of debate and ipso facto, Miyagi says, let them settle at the tournament. Because behind them is a post that says the Old Valley Karate Championship. The Old Valley Championships. 79, whatever year it was. And uh, so that's the deal. They're going to they're gonna, they're gonna have a tournament and settle it. And so then we just basically get a montage of Daniel-san learning karate uh, while the bullies have to save it for the tournament. <laughs> and then I'm not going to spoil it. It's also a love story. It is. Between most of them. Between all of them. Yeah. Yeah, man. It was a sweet film. Oh. It was a real sweet film. Yeah? Did you like it? Yeah, it's so sweet. It's I was really worried it was not going to hold up. It's so wholesome. It is genuinely wholesome. And I think, like, it makes sense now, now knowing the origin story and the writer and how it's pretty close to what he experienced. Like, it's not just some guy who knows nothing about it taking a swing at, you know, something he doesn't understand and just making bad calls. I'm sure an expert could poke holes in certain things in it, but whatever. Like overall, it holds up very nicely and it's very, very sweet. Yeah. And the chemistry between these guys is so delightful. They're so sweet. Yeah. It's warm, fuzzy. It is. And like it's it's uh, it's all very literal. Like you've got the yeah. lovely relationship, the boy without the father and the father who lost his son. They don't really explain the where his dad is, no. which is nice. They like, don't it's need like, to. It doesn't it's matter. It's like – it's it's literal, and sometimes it's nice to be spoon fed. Yeah, you know, sometimes it's nice to have. But I don't it think it is spoon fed because you don't? They, no, I mean maybe elements of it. It just all fits neatly. Mm. There's no, but they don't go. I know you miss your dad, Daniel. Like there's not there's none of that in there, right? Yeah, that's true. It's just like that'd be cringe. You just yeah, you know what I mean. So I don't think it's too on the nose with much of that. It just fits nice. Mm. It's just like yeah, fair enough. It's a satisfying. To see. <laughs> it is. It really is. And chemistry. Ralph Macchio, man. He was great. He's so good. He's so good in this. He's so good. And Ara hadn't seen this. Mm. And she she's watched a few episodes of Cobra Kai with me and she finds it she thinks it's really awkward. Mm. And she was blown away by young yeah. Ralph Macchio. She's like, whoa, he's so natural. And I was like, yeah, this, he seems like he should be an extremely famous actor. I mean, he kind of is. He's, but 
We'll talk a bit more about that later. That's he's very talented. He's so good. I see why he beat all those big names. Yeah. He was perfect. He had a great early run and it's it's so bizarre because the other child stars in the situations who have that kind of early run, they usually disappear because they're dead or something like a Brad Renfro mm, or they yeah. just go completely off the rails or whatever. Damn, Brad Renfro was good. Yeah, but he's just he's a, just he's a dad and a sweet man. I don't know much about why he's isn't in a bunch of things, but in it's this good. he is It makes great. me happy because in this I'm kind of like, that is kind of like what you want in a son. He's just like, yeah. he's a brave dude. Yeah, he's ready to fight if he has to. Would you, you know why else he's brave? Not mm. just because he stood up to the bullies. Accepting an invite to the party on your first day in this new town, you could have just yeah. said, oh, no, but I'm yeah, unpacking. True. Yeah, it was brave. Uh Running up time after time after getting his ass kicked, just turning up to school after getting yeah. beaten up by the guys at school. Yeah. That's brave, man. Yeah. He's a resilient boy. And just so so natural. Yeah. It's such this swagger about him mm. that he doesn't really have now. Maybe it's just a kid thing. I don't know. It's this swagger. The one issue I, I kind of had, not, not a serious issue, but one issue I had while watching it, just casting-wise, I'm like, fuck, he seems so much younger than Elizabeth Shue. But then I thought, well, in high school, you could be the same age and look very different ages. That's oh, yeah, kind of normal. I didn't actually pick up on that. But then. Now that you mentioned it. But then I found out he was older than He was that. older. Yeah. He was like 23. But he's still a baby face. Yeah. Like he's what, 54 now? He looks about. 58. He's 58. He looks 40. He looks, yeah. But when he was 30, he looked 12. Yeah. <laughs> I got a clip. Yeah. I'll play this clip. Uh, him on um, Letterman in 1992. And it's just fascinating. <laughs> You know, we were talking about this this afternoon, and uh, for some reason, uh, I guess the obvious reason is because you played a young kid in, in those movies. Yeah. I think of you as a young kid, and maybe other people think of you as you, and you certainly look young. Yes, it just, it's just there. I but just uh, but now, do you mind me asking how old you actually are? No, I don't mind you asking how old. I, shall I tell you? <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. no. Let me guess. No, don't do that. You'll be off by oh, decades. Let's look at some rainbow right. photos. Right. <laughs> right. No, I'm, I've just turned 30. So that's wow. the amazing thing. He does not look so that, that you we'll really are uh, youngish looking. Is yeah. everybody in your family? Yeah, everyone that? is. But yeah. I am like the, you know, the youngest looking of mm-hmm. the young clan. But I, I certainly. Uh, but he I certainly sounds young. He sounds young as well, yeah. Looking. But it's, you know, if someone asked me, is it traumatic turning 30? But for me, I think it's traumatic when I look 30. So, <laughs> yeah. so I figure another 20 years I'll be there and then I'll deal with that. At, at what age as a kid did you realize you weren't getting older? Um... <laughs> 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 I, it's always been that way. Yeah. It's just always been that way. I mean, it's it's odd because uh, you're 30, you're married, do you, you have a family? Well, almost. Uh, baby's on the way into May. First wow. baby. Yeah. yeah. Now, now, now there. Yeah. Thank you. Now you, you wait and see. I bet you that baby looks really young. Yeah, right. <laughs> well, actually, they, they have these sonogram things. You know, yep. you're able to look at the, the uh, fetus, you know. Child already looks older than I do. <laughs> Hey. More muscle tone than I've ever had. There he is. He's a charismatic young man, a bit older than you might have thought. By by Karate Kid Three, where the character apparently is still meant to be like sixteen or something, he's like twenty eight by that point, playing a sixteen year old. Easily, yeah, it's crazy. And so it's interesting because watching Cobra Kai, I just thought, oh, he's aged well, like you know, like Rob Lowe or something. Mm. But Rob Lowe didn't look twelve when he was thirty. He just still looks thirty. Whereas yeah. he just has aged slower than everyone. It's almost like, is it some kind of condition? <laughs> He's just aged slower. It's crazy. Even his voice, like you said, it's weird. 
Mm. Fascinating. I wonder if that got in the way. Because, yeah, that was promoting my cousin oh, Vinny, which you, was... When you, um, when you got to play a grown-up sort of thing. Yeah, maybe. Because that was, um, yeah, my cousin Vinny, which was sort of his last big thing in 1992. But he had a, such a great run because he had The Outsiders, which is a couple of film, and he had this, and he had my cousin Vinny and a few other bits and pieces. And then I didn't see him until it was a cameo on an episode of Entourage, which I found really sad because he was kind of on, a, on like a... C storyline, and with, but he was a, and he was a jerk. Uh, Didn't not, they break? Not a, not a massive jerk, but bit of, a bit of a loser, wasn't he? Didn't yeah. he break it? He was, he was basically drama's equivalent. Yeah, they equated him with drama. Yeah, which they, first I was like, what? that's your first mistake. Because they broke into, <laughs> didn't they both the break Hefner, into the Playboy Mansion? Yeah, something like that. And I remember at the time being sort of heartbroken by that. I was like, what, this, this, mm. deserves better than this. Yeah, he doesn't get a. Johnny Drama storyline on Entourage. The only thing worse than that, though, is, you know, on shows like Entourage where you're a celebrity, celebrities playing themselves, right? Elizabeth Shue was on Curb Your Enthusiasm not playing herself. Oh. Now, that's the other, that also upset ah, me. Oh, yeah, I'm with you. Because she's, she's famous enough. Yeah. And she was playing an actress. Let her be Elizabeth Shue. It was the Seinfeld season. Yeah, she's why not in, let in her be Elizabeth Shue? She's Elizabeth Shue, surely. That made me question: Is she not that famous? Is it just someone I like? No, but she's huge. She's massive. she's massive. America's sweetheart. America's sweetheart. The two and three back to the future. Cocktail. Cocktail. Adventures in babysitting. Adventures which in I've not babysitting. Seen. Back to the future two and three. Back to the futures two and three. The Karate Kid. The Karate Kid. I feel like there's something else we're missing. A big one. The Burger King commercial. Ah, that's it. Hollow Man. Oh, she, Leaving Las Vegas. Oh, yeah. Oscar nomination, I think, right? I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's interesting. Yeah. And, you know, now Ralph, Ralph Macchio, so looking young, in Cobra Kai, he takes on sort of the uh, the Miyagi-type role in that show, mm. which sounds absurd, but he's the same age that Pat Murata was in Karate Kid 1. Wild. He's Whoa! 50, yeah, he's 58. Yeah, man, it doesn't – how? Wow. Wow. Yeah. Two whales. Yeah. I got a bit more on, on Pat Murata that I want to get into, but it's quite detailed. But I want to get something off my chest first. I noticed uh, something in this in this movie, Greg. Yes. The timelines add up. And I have a bit of a conspiracy. Okay. Now we, <laughs> <laughs> we spoke to Frank Dukes. Uh, this episode, the Frank Dukes episode is coming out later this week. We spoke to him recently. You're going to hear it this week. But it got me thinking. You know, there's lots of questions around how true is his story of the Kumite or any of his martial arts stories. Yeah. And it got me thinking. This movie came out in 1984. Bloodsport came out in 1988 and there's a lot of similarities here. Did Frank Dukes base his experience on The Karate Kid? Oh. There's quite a lot. So Frank, I believe we talked with Frank about a real life story where he got beat up and then, you know, yada, yada, yada. Yep. He had a bit to overcome there. Um, white kid taught by wise old Asian man, uh-huh. Shiroshi. Uh-huh. Um, in a mysterious foreign land. He went to Hong Kong, but in this it's going east coast to west coast. Tournament montage is almost very <laughs> it's very similar, the name moving up the board and that kind of thing. And actually yeah. that's where this started because I was like, is this the first movie to do the montage with the name moving up the board? Mm. And then mm. I was like, where have I seen that before, Bloodsport? And then it all started, the world started crashing around, uh, crashing down around me. Interesting. Um, cheating in the final fight, 
with a very specific training sequence being referenced to come back and overcome it. Yeah. So, you know, the blindfolding thing and the crane kick. Yeah. They were planted in the training montages earlier on. Like a seed. Like a seed. And uh, just to go full 360 degrees here. Yeah. New trailer came out today for the new Mortal Kombat movie. Now, as we know, the original Mortal Kombat was going to be a Bloodsport-inspired game. Johnny Cage was going to be Jean-Claude, JC, JC, yada, yada, yada. So Bloodsport inspired Mortal Kombat. But if Karate Kid inspired Bloodsport. Wow. Keep going. But I think that it is at the very, whether or not that, that conspiracy is true, at the very least this is sort of blood sport for kids. It's kids, it's, kids blood sport. Yeah. Which um, is what there's, we need. There's, it's pretty bloody similar, man. It's it interesting. Is. It um, is. We didn't get a chance to ask him about that. Are you a fan of the Karate Kid by chance? <laughs> That's astute of you. <laughs> little too astute. I send well, one of his spies. Well, it's interesting. We should have also last, asked him about Lost Boys. Because I was wondering, oh. are the Cobra Kai kids the Lost Boys? After this all goes down, do they leave the valley and cruise up to Santa Clara? Oh, that makes sense. And become, do you know why I thought of that? Because yeah. the blonde guy looks like Kiefer Sutherland. <laughs> yeah. And they're dickheads. Yeah. Just like the, the main Lost guy Boys. or one of the other guys? Oh, sorry. You know, the, the crazy looking one. Yeah, yeah. Do you know that Steve McQueen's son? Really? The crazy looking one. Oh. He was great. They all came back for Cobra Kai at a certain point. They, and they one of them died. Sc- oh. I think he died in real life too because at the end they had like a. Someone McQueen? No, it wasn't that one. Not the one that goes, get him in the body bag, Johnny, yeah. Well, that, they were somewhat uh, like redeemable a little bit because at the end when the guy does, he, I mean, he's still breaks his leg or whatever he does. Sorry, like, Johnny. I'm, I'm sorry. Wait, Johnny, I'm sorry. Johnny, I'm sorry. <laughs> no. Yeah, he's like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And at first I thought he was yelling at him and then everyone was like, oh, no, he's saying I'm sorry. Yeah. And then at the end he's like, you're all right, LaRusso. Yeah, he gives him the- I thought that was quite cool. And that does jive with sort of what they're spinning on Cobra Kai, that they were like decent kids just with horrible, horrible mentor, terrible father figure, yada, yada, yada. Yeah, he's the um, enemy. Because when he, when those guys come back, and Johnny tells them that he's restarted Cobra Kai. They're like shocked. Like, why would you do that? That was horrible for all of us. You remember how that guy fucked us up, you know, that kind of thing. Should we talk about Cobra Kai? So you haven't watched much of it. I'm not no. going to spoil it. I'll, I'll try not to spoil it. It takes place in current times. Takes place in current times. Danny, Danny LaRusso has a thriving car business. Car business. Car sales business. And he uses the gimmick of his karate history because he's a mini celebrity because of his. For the crane kick. Yeah for winning and all that kind of stuff. But it's pretty self-aware about it all. He gets done on social media at one point for cultural appropriation <laughs> for doing having karate as his advertising campaign. Oh, it's pretty funny. No, no, but it's funny. It's funny. Like it's, they're making fun of it. And It's um, not a pedestrian article. No, it's certainly not. And everything's inverse. So LaRusso is rich now and Johnny peaked in high school and he's, you know, he's not doing great. And he's living in the 80s. He, he's, you know. Yada, yada, yada. New kid in town. All that stuff is still there except it's Cobra Kai that kind of saves him. It all, it all kind of evolves from there. I'm not going to go into all of it. But it's pretty good, I would say. Did you enjoy the first episode? It takes a while, I think. Yeah, I, I did and then I was told it would take a while 
And I don't know. I don't get a lot of time to watch the, the series and then I forget that there's one. Yeah. We've just started Fargo. Oh, yeah. Can watch that. It's an easier show though. So you can kind of put it on and not pay that much attention. What's it on? Netflix. Netflix. Well, this is one of the interesting things too because it was, it was a YouTube original and it, the first two seasons were That's on, right. Net, uh, on YouTube and it was successful. That was their big launch for it, wasn't it? Well, it was and, and I heard whispers that this was something interesting. Yeah. But it, it became like a phenomenon once it went on Netflix. Yeah. Which is just, it really does show the power of, you can have great content but if it's on the wrong platform it just would. Yeah. Tree falling in the woods. Yeah. Kind of thing. It's probably the most recommended show. Probably people know my taste. But it often gets recommended in this kind of conversation of, I know, right, but it's actually good. Like it's that. And it is. I would call it like a soap opera with karate. It's almost like Glee but with karate instead of singing. Exactly. So there's – it's so So super cheese ball. Yeah, she'll like it. It seemed pretty cheesy. It's super cheesy, but it knows it's cheesy. It's a bit of fun. The season two and season three both have these climaxes that are these long take epic fights. <laughs> it's so absurd that there's basically karate gangs. So there's a lot of fighting. Yeah, so much fighting. Oh. And season one. I thought there'd be none. <laughs> season one culminates. <laughs> like, I, there is. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. Season one culminates in the All Valley Championship again. But then season two and three, it's like street fights, like gang fights, but but almost like Power Ranger fights almost. Like they're, they're like not shooting each other? No, no, no. They're karateing each other. I love it. That's great. That's <laughs> how it should be. It's really cool. You win some, you lose some. Exactly. So it's not bad. And then interestingly, I started overthinking it. Interestingly, I noticed um, one dojo was wearing more red. Another dojo was wearing more blue. Yeah, and I was like, is this like Karate Crips and oh, Karate Bloods? Oh, Karate Crips. But then I thought red, blue, Republican, Democrats. Oh, yeah? Now this one actually kind of works. There's a bit Go of a on. fan theory of Tristan here. Yeah. Is Cobra Kai an allegory for the, the political landscape right now in the US? So you've got the, the blues and the reds. And what Cobra Kai does a good job of is showing the good in both. Ah, so it should. And so much of the show is misunderstandings between the two and it's like if you just spoke to each other, mm. just speak to each other. Communication. Communication, which is uh, not that I'm a super political guy, but I do genuinely believe that a lot of things that happen, it's like why don't, you know, presidential debates, they're not debates, they're just fucking bullshit, bloody. Penis flopping. Yeah. Or vag flopping. There's no dialogue. Have a dialogue, guys. And this shows the the consequences of not having that kind of dialogue, things escalate and things go way off and things people end up doing things that don't even really represent who they are, yada, 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 yada. And then by season three, spoiler alert, skip forward two minutes if you haven't seen it, by season three, Crease is back and he's almost like the Trump figure that has made Cobra Kai more controversial. So sort of like making the Republicans more controversial and it's a bit like, well, which ones are going to stand with this guy versus... It's quite interesting. I might be projecting a little bit too much onto that, but I think there's something there. I like it. Yeah. I can't argue with you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm not in a position to. Yeah, so there you have it. Confirmed. Confirmed. Cobra Kai is an allegory for, for the West Wing. For, yeah, exactly. Hey, should we change gears? Mm-hmm. What did you What did you make of the fighting? I wanted to ask you. I wanted to ask you. 
I thought it was all right. Cobra yeah. Kai is similar where it's um, I can't judge technically, but there is definitely a bit of a awkward vibe about it that I can tell it's they're not pros, mm. which is okay. They're also just teenagers, right? Yeah, I think it did well. Mm. Uh, you got to think of the context. It's 1984. Well, that's what I was thinking too, right? Yeah, it's pretty early, you know, in this for mainstream. Yeah, America. What have we got in the world at that age? You know, Chuck Norris is a guy. Yeah, um, but he's not making number one movies. He's not. It's, he it's actually, a niche. There was a there was a urban legend that he turned down the role of Crease because oh. he didn't like the way because he's, he's a bad guy. He goes, he, yeah. he's everything that's bad about martial arts. Yeah. Promoting all the wrong things. Um, not th- that would have been cool, but I get it. I get it. Um, and he came out and said, no, I was actually never ah. in this. I, I was never offered, never discussed. He said, however, it's a it's accurate in that I wouldn't have played that part yeah, for yeah. those reasons. Um, I thought, yeah, like it's good enough. Yeah. It's good enough. It's It's not amazing, but... It's early days and it's not, it doesn't try and do too much. Yeah. Uh, the tournament was a bit confusing. Did you find the tournament rules confusing? I did. Yeah, because I thought at one point they're like the next point wins and then there were like four more kept games going. of stopping and starting. And then there was the excessive force thing where the guy got the disqualification. But yeah. then later Johnny like he did caught his kick and, and need it. That's brutal. And there's a lot of fan theories out there of whether or not the Crane kick was legal or not. Yeah. Well, all right. Why? Uh, well, I've got a, got a clip. <laughs> Here's one you prepared earlier. This, that was seamless. <laughs> this is Ralph Macchio Did defending it. Did you just it. yes and me with a, with a clip? Yeah, I connected the dots there. Oh, my God. This first one, I don't know. Was the kick actually legal? Well, yes, it's become an uh, uh, internet um, um, fan Fan theories that the kick was not legal. Here's my theory. No, there's him. My here's the truth. Whoa, that's okay. what I'm talking. About. Here's the truth. Yes. You know, it's been it's been a while. I've I've been I've been fighting off these theories a long time. <laughs> uh, listen, Mr. Miyagi was the ultimate uh, uh, teacher. So and uh, Larusso had him as his trainer, and that's a superior trainer. He's basically the human Yoda. You don't bet against Yoga Yoda. You don't bet against Miyagi. That's number one. Number two, I would say, is that Larusso. How did he train? He trained over a couple of weeks' time by household chores never having the ability or privilege to have a sparring partner. His opponent there, but was like a, a you know, a combat-ready training for years for this event. LaRusso was injured in the final fight, correct? That's true. Um, he was injured by an illegal, an illegal... Yeah, you really have thought about don't this. Don't get me started. I don't want it. I want it. And they mentioned we were going to go here. Yes. An illegal uh, leg sweep by, by a, a teammate of said opponent. And so, uh, not, not to mention... Said, not to mention, said opponent. It's not like we're in court. It's, it's like we're I'm in the courtroom. It's my Your cousin. Honor. Your Honor. Yes. My cousin Vinny now. It's my, I've just moved to another movie. So said, yeah. So, and, 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 so, and then if you look at the tape, Jimmy. Yeah. You look at the tape. The tape. Not, only, not only does the ref say point winner, a win is a win. The opponent, you shall remain nameless at this point, <laughs> literally, arguably, charged, ran into the kick. LaRusso had nothing to do but defend himself. There you go. The kick was legal. What are you? So there you have it. He ran into the kick, Your Honor. Oh, that's something I wanted to ask you. He talks about his training there. Is there any truth to learning martial arts via these household chores? Because uh, my dad made me do a lot of shit and I didn't have karate by the end of it. I think. I had to carry bricks. That 
you can apply any sort of, you know, if you had to paint the wall here, mm. don't know how much karate you're going to learn. You, yeah. Sure, it'd be good physically. Yeah. You know, if you sat in the squat to so do I think the, it. I think you're saying the answer is no. <laughs> <laughs> well, you saw it in the film. He was like, oh. He was trying to get him down with a bait. It was probably a long way around, to be honest. Yeah. If you've got four weeks before a tournament in which you're going to have to learn how to fight, yeah, I'd probably do a more direct method rather than… <laughs> exactly. He's out and but not die. Yeah. he did seem to have a lot of chores that needed being done. It was a pretty smart move. Like his place looked dope. Yeah. So, you know, I'm going to teach you to fight. Maybe it's time to start to teach Bruce the art of fighting without fighting like his namesake. Bruce has started. Yeah. He's a, no, but by cleaning the house. Yeah, well, he's doing Brazilian jiu-jitsu, so maybe I'll just tie some. Yeah. Um, you know what's important for Brazilian jiu-jitsu? Tiling the floors. Tiling the floors. <laughs> well, the problem is Waterproof he's, the he's bathroom. very young. <laughs> He's four. Um, so Dad, he, these tar fumes are making me dizzy. He can't do much yet. Yeah. He calls it spin jitsu because that's what they do in Lego Ninjago. So he oh, doesn't even course. know what he's doing. Spin jitsu. Spin jitsu. Yeah, I think I had a ninjitsu thing that my dad got me, like the gi or whatever. Oh, yeah? Um, from some country that he travelled to when I was a kid. Yeah, did and you I wear it? Was, yeah, that was fucking cool. Yeah, it was cool. This stuff was like so cool. the coolest stuff. Like, this, oh, so this, my dad had a judo uniform. I did a bit of judo. Like I think he doesn't even think he got off white belt. Yeah, right. Um, but he, I knew he had the cost, the, you know, the gi. So I did he, karate for about four weeks. I didn't get off white belt. Nice. Did you do karate? I didn't know. I didn't start anything until I did kung fu. All right. When I was 15, I think. Right. After a lot of pestering. Yeah. Can we talk about Miyagi? Can we talk about Yeah, Mr. Pat? Pat Murata? I'm keen to. Should I say Noriyuki Murata? He got an Oscar nomination for this movie. He sure did. Rightly so, I would say. Now, yeah. he has had quite a life. Yeah, so and I've I knew, been led to believe. Yeah, I knew he was on Happy Days, but I didn't think much. I don't know. I haven't really watched Happy Days. Um, it's, it's beyond our time. He used to be on 5 o'clock, though. Yeah, I saw, it a, couple, I saw it a couple times. I don't Before know if he was on every shows. season. But anyway, he yeah. had a pretty wild upbringing. Oh, did he? He was as a as a child, he spent 8 years in hospital. Oh. With what? spinal tuberculosis. Whoa. Full body casts. This is in the 1930s. Full body cast, you'll never walk, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Got lucky in that this over that time there happened to be a bit of a breakthrough with medication for this and he walked out of the hospital. But this was then 1942 and he walked out of that hospital and into an Straight internment into, camp. Yeah. Fuck. I didn't know anything about internment Congratulations, camps. you're alive. Now go to war. No, not war. Oh, what's an internment camp? It's like a concentration. It's basically all the Japanese Americans oh. were incarcerated for being Japanese. Oh, yeah. Because it was a risk. It's a, it's a world war going on. Yeah. Well, yeah. So you had to go to an internment camp and I didn't know a lot about this. But, yeah, Franklin D. Roosevelt authorised executive order – 9066 in February of 1942 and it went on till 46. So 120,000 people of Japanese ancestry were forced into internment camps. And what that is like holding them. Yeah. The concentration camps is the other word they use. Oh. Yeah. Is that inter- interchangeable Seems words? to be in the articles I was reading, yeah. Shit. I don't know. That one has definitely stronger connotations, doesn't it? But yeah. that, that's the word they were using. 
there were some Germans and Italians in there too, but it was mostly Japanese. And so it sounds pretty fucked up. I am very ignorant in this space. I don't know anything really about this. But then come 1980, uh, Jimmy Carter opened an investigation to determine whether this was at all justified. And the investigation found that it wasn't. It was just good old-fashioned racism. Yeah. Now the craziest part is in this movie, I mean, well, it's already crazy. This poor kid grows up in hospital essentially, finally gets free of hospital straight into internment camp. Uh, But the character he's playing in this movie, Miyagi, you know he had the war medals and stuff. So he was a Japanese-American that went to fight for America, which there were. That that, that happened. Yeah. there was this specific um, um, 442nd Regimental Combat Team uh, that is real that Mr. Miyagi refers to, which was a unit composed mostly of these Japanese-American soldiers. Did they do like special covert missions based on... I'm not know. sure on this. There's a whole lot. And it's the kind of thing where there should be a fucking TV show about this. There is a movie ironically starring the bad oh, guy in Karate Kid 2. Ben Affleck. No. <laughs> this... Um, Unit became the most decorated for its size in U.S. military history, which is crazy in and of itself. Eighteen thousand awards in less than two years, more than four thousand Purple Hearts, four thousand Bronze Star medals. In two thousand and ten, so this recently, I think they were sort of a bit like the internment camp thing, overlooked a little bit in terms of like yeah. that's fucking wild, man. So the Obama administration gave them the Congressional Gold Medal um, to the unit. And in 2012, all surviving members were made chevaliers of the French Legion d'Honneur for their actions in contributing to the liberation of France and the heroic rescue of the Lost Battalion. And, yeah, it's fucking crazy. So in addition to these internment camps happening, um, they also had this order to create a segregated Japanese army combat unit. And they got 12,000 volunteers. So these guys are out at war while their family is in an internment camp at home. And there's fighting for the country. Yeah. And I couldn't, I didn't have time to. Makes sense. It's crazy. It's fucking wild. And so learning that (laughs) makes that scene with Miyagi even more like potent, doesn't it? Fucking crazy. But back, back to Pat. The reason his name is Pat is basically him, it became a bit of a thing apparently. He says that. After the internment camp, once the war was over and you go back to school, a lot of Japanese people changed their name to English names. Mm, yeah. And so Pat was the name he chose and that became his stage name as well. Can I tell you a quick, quick funny story? Mm, yes. I have a friend whose grandfather was Greek, immigrated mm. to Australia, had a pretty hard time for uh, Europeans Greek. coming yeah. to Australia. Anyway, so he was working on a building site and when he had a, I uh, forget his Greek name, like Sovros. Yeah. And um, he's like, I've got to change my name. And he, he smoked a shitload of ciggies and he smoked Benson and Hedges. So, oh. so he changed his name to Benson. Wow. So, surname. so my mate's, my mate's name, I think he's changed his name back to his Greek name, but my mate's name was Jack Benson. Yeah, wow. <laughs> that story. That's good. Sorry, go on. I like that. Yeah. I like that. Um, anyway, they get out of an internment camp, back to school. Uh, he had a good time in high school, he says. Best like... After all the shit he's been through, it's like fucking great. Um, the family had, his, had a restaurant. His dad dies in a hit and run. Oh. He keeps the restaurant going with his mum for a few years, but eventually is like, fuck, I've got to get a more regular kind of job. Um, becomes a data processor, works his way up, did quite well, completely burned out, quit, 
decided to try his try show business. Yeah, right. Did you do? Yeah. This is like one of those stories. This is our kind of guy. Yeah. <laughs> this is We the, live for this, this guy. This is like ten times more any of the other guys we've talked about that have civil stories. Yeah. So he started doing So how old are we now? This is like Pat, at, uh, at the youngest thirty, I think, at this point. That oh, yeah. I can calculate. Damn it. Yeah, yeah. So you're happy you were saying forty. <laughs> he started doing stand up. At some point along the line, Red Fox becomes a mentor of his. He gets him a gig on Sanford and Sons and he eventually ends up on Happy Days, et cetera, et cetera. But I thought I found a very early clip of um, Pat Murata, 1965, doing stand-up. Yeah. I'm not going to say the name he calls himself, but it became kind of his self-titled thing. Okay. It's very race-based humour, very outdated. Yeah. But I guess it was the angle he could play at the time. Yeah. Um, 33 years old, 1965. It's in black and white. And the accent is a little jarring at first, but he grew up in San Francisco. He hails from San Francisco and um, his parents are Japanese. And uh, so was he. (laughs) Oddly enough. Ladies and gentlemen... Pat Morita. Wow, these lights. They make my eyes squint. <laughs> oh, look, uh, don't misunderstand me. Uh, uh, I'm of Japanese extraction, but I was born and raised around San Francisco. And uh, that just goes to prove that we weren't all made in Japan. I, I know a lot about Japan. Uh, I've never been there before. Just happened to look like the rest of them. <laughs> but uh, I do. I know a lot about Japan. I mean, after all, my, my folks are from from the old country, and I have friends that go back and forth all the time, and they're always telling me a lot of great stories about this beautiful country. And uh, I've heard so many stories about how really great the uh, Japanese woman is as a wife. I went out. I married one, and. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, and she's from the old country, you know, schooled in the oldest traditions of subservience to the husband. And uh, I'll never forget the, the first time I met her. I went up to her. I said, um, do you drink? She said, hi. I said, would you like a little nip? <laughs> and uh, I never, the, I'll never forget the way, uh, the first time I heard her, the way she spoke. I mean... Uh, most people think that French is the sexiest language in the world. I disagree. I think it's Japanese. Japanese is the only language I ever heard of where before they even say anything, they go, oh. 1965. Yeah, am I right? Yeah. Women. <laughs> I mean, probably seeing any stand-up from 1965 would be a little outdated. Add, add, add the race element too and <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but he's working with everything in its context. He's, yeah, exactly. He's working the angle that's going to get him to the top, baby. Um, he didn't mind a drink, I understand. Yeah, it seems like it. He'd be a bit Yeah. But it's funny too because I was watching some clips from uh, Happy Days as well and it's pretty. It's a pretty slapstick role. So you can kind of get why the producer would yeah, be like, why would you yeah, get him? Yeah, that was my um, interpretation. Like pretty and and pretty like dumb race jokes too. So – I was thinking it would be almost like casting Ken Jeong as Mr. Miyagi after The Hangover, you know what I mean? Like that that's basically the equivalent, <laughs> you know? It was not a natural that's, it wasn't a natural choice 
at first. That is hard to overcome when you put it. That's a good context. Yeah. I was watching his clips and he's basically chow or whatever that guy is. Yeah. I mean, not obviously not. There's less cocaine, but there's just like, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. How did did they land on him? Because when he came in for that audition, they were like, oh. Yeah, he he grew his hair out and he grew the beard and it was on. Yeah. They're like, oh, yeah, no, you're fucking good. Yeah. <laughs> good do, on him, man. That's fucking, do less. fucking good. Hey, just on Mr. Miyagi. Yeah. I didn't pick this up myself, but I came across that there was a bit of hate in terms of him as a stereotype. Well, th- and this is what I was worried about and going into it. I I hadn't read anything specific, but I just kind of assumed. That there might be something. There's something from the 80s, Japanese so, character. So... I didn't pick it up watching the film because it's such yeah. a sweet he's such a sweet character and a and a uh, a perfect like he's such a good human that yeah. there's no like traces of negativity there. Yeah. But apparently like Asian kids in America through, you know, I guess oh. later eighties used to get called Miyagi and 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 that sort of thing. So he kind of right. facilitated a bit of that. But that's um, not their fault. No, I, no, I agree. But, but, yeah, no, I, I know. I'm and also kidding. like they sort of talked about him being a um, mysterious, subservient, sort of doing remedial work with these karate powers. I don't know. I mean there's, I'm sure there's some tropes in there and I, I, this is what I meant before. I'm sure someone who's an expert on this could point out some things that why are problematic. Why it's it. wrong. But surely like we've done other movies that are later than this that have way more issues. Totally. <laughs> like and, Showdown Little Tokyo. Ten times more, a hundred times more issues in terms of like representation of Asian culture and that kind of thing. At least it's not perfect, but it ain't bad for '84. Hey, the guy's a legend. Yeah, yeah, good man. Like the character is great, great. And it's not. It would be worse too if it was, which maybe is what happens in the reboot with Jaden Smith, where it's the white guy that learns from the. Asian but then becomes better at the Asian thing than Asians. You know, that's like the thing that – like The Last Samurai, that kind yeah, of, that yeah, kind of yeah. thing. That's, that's, that's a bad – little Tokyo. <laughs> exactly. So this movie didn't have that, obviously. Maybe it does in part two. <laughs> yeah, but, um, I, look, I didn't pick that up. But there's no real – there's no nastiness hey, in here. There's nothing in here I'm that stands white. out as – that's true. We're not obviously the ones to – Make the call. We're just a couple of guys. Although we watched it with our wives. That's true. Who aren't Japanese. They're not Japanese, but it's all the same. Yeah. And, uh, and <laughs> as a that, joke. That was that, that <laughs> a bad joke. Um, we haven't talked about the music at all. That is actually the one last note I had. The song. The song. It's a big song in our household. Ara and I sing it to each other for praise. Anytime one of us does something nice for the other one. Mm. You're the best. Around. And yeah, basically that because we don't know how the rest of it goes. Fuck, it's a song. It's, it's a song. A Somewhat controversially, there's a lyric in that song. History repeats itself. But it's the first tournament Daniel LaRusso has fought in. Well, he's been getting beaten up though. Mm. What if I told you it was meant for Rocky Three? Yeah, yeah, but they went for Eye of the Tiger instead. Yeah. Which is a good call. And then and then it was nearly in Flashdance. Also rejected from Flashdance. Yeah. They did Maniac, Maniac. For sure. <laughs> Do you know that? I mean, These are all great songs. That has a porn parody. <laughs> Does it? Oh, Flash, Flashdance. I found it in my dad's cupboard. Really? 
I found it in my dad's cupboard on VHS really? when I was a child. And you're like, oh, it's spelled differently to what I thought. Let's watch it. can remember it. Did you watch it? Yes. Oh, wow. A lot. <laughs> <laughs> it's weird though. I managed to decup, decompartmentalize. Yeah. It would be less weird now. Well, it would still be weird now. But as a teenager, it's like a such a, you know, secretive thing. Anyway, I did a huge – I did. I fucked up, Greg. What happened? I think I'm on a list somewhere. Because not even thinking for our for our tests later, I typed in Karate Kid porn parody. <gasps> and that's two words in there, kid porn. Oh, no. And a warning came up on Google. I don't know if it was – I closed it right away because I was like, what the fuck? I don't know if it was like warning me or it was like – Warning the police. Or, yeah, exactly. So I feel – Fucking dirty! Oh no, I was. I didn't even think that. This is what oh, I was saying in the David. beginning. The name becomes meaningless because you're just like, yeah, credit kid, credit kid. But I didn't think there's Karate two words next to each other. Kid, porn, kid porn. You search kid porn. <laughs> I I feel for you, man. I didn't do it today because I couldn't be bothered, Fuck. and I'm still scarred from what? Teen Wolf. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which was a long time uh, ago now. Oh, dude, that it's fucked. They're coming right now. Yeah, it's not good. Should we get into the verdict on that, on that <laughs> note? Yeah, yeah the, can I just quickly say oh, that you're the best is like an amazing song. It's good. When, when I was young, that montage was as good as cinema got. Mm. And the score overall, there was a nice fluty number by the beach. It's quite <laughs> not like that. Not really, <laughs> but I appreciate the effort. Let's get into the verdict. I don't know what to say, really. I don't remember asking you a goddamn thing. I am the law. I'd like an answer to the question, Judge. I want to have them answered immediately. You can't handle the truth. What are you waiting for? Ah! Say what again? Say what again? I dare you. Nothing further. Your Honor. And that's all I have to say about that. I mean, I don't really have a, a pithy line here. I just think it's a good movie to watch, especially right now when your favourite show is probably Cobra Kai. Why not watch the prequel? It all adds up and it makes sense. Yeah. I'm curious to see how the sequels hold up. They have much lower Rotten Tomatoes scores, so maybe they're not so good. Is this like a First Blood Rambo 2 kind of thing? Interesting question. How many people does he shoot in the second one? <laughs> yeah, there's probably more. He goes to an island. He goes, oh, <laughs> He does. I know he rescues a bonsai. There's also bullies there. They're just Japanese bullies. Yeah. Which just shows that race is nothing. Bullies in all cultures, right? Yeah, sure Impressive. are. Like Impressive. in Fargo. Like in Fargo. What about you, Greg? Rewatch? 100%. This yeah, it really is. It's pure, man. This is uh, – there was, there was another one we did recently that it was um, – I was a bit worried about the rewatch and it came through. It's a nice feeling. Can I say one thing I forgot to mention? We you touched on earlier that you thought or you you read that Larusso is a bit of an ass or he could be taken as the ass. There was a period mm. in I don't know maybe I watched it in my twenties when I thought oh he's a jerk, yeah. But then now again I've reverted back to it might be in the sequels maybe I don't know maybe he's definitely not a jerk. He's definitely not a jerk and a great actor. Great actor, top great shelf. Actor. I'm giving him MVP. I'm giving him MVP too. There you've heard it. Wow. I mean. Change the buttons. Pat Morata's, I've got to give two because he's great too. But I think just the fact that 
just the fact that we don't get much Ralph Macchio now, or we kind of do now, but we went for years without, it's like I want to just really double down and emphasise how good he is in this. You forget that he's good. Yeah, he's, he's good. He's great. Yeah, he's good. Uh, Bechdel test, on the other hand, not really. Did Simpsons do it? I think the Touch of Death episode is sort of close. Yeah, that's that's all I have. There's a, probably a few other nods throughout, but FX test, not really that kind of movie. So it's I'm not that kind of movie. Nah, Bloody knows. Anyway. Um, Six Degrees of JCVD, I didn't do it. I didn't do recasties either. No, just because it's it's already happening. It's already, yeah. Yeah, nah. We did good ones last week. We did good ones last you week. You need a recast. Go listen to last week. Go listen to last week. Do it. Wild things. It. Sexy things. Sexy Florida noir erotic thriller. Yeah. Hey, what are we doing next week, Greg? I have no idea. We're doing. <gasps> oh, special guest. Bowfinger with Alexi Toliopoulos. One of the uh, local pod gods in, in in Australia. Yeah, he's got a, quite a few podcasts. One that's uh, arguably similar to ours. He's been doing it much longer. We didn't know it existed before we started. Swear to God! <laughs> but also the one of the masterminds uh, behind Finding Drago and Finding Desperado, which is fucking great podcast. If you haven't listened oh, yeah. to that, check it out. Top shelf stuff. Fucking good top shelf stuff. We're very excited to have him. He's here. a comedian as he's, well. He's a comedian, but he's also like an actual film. Yeah. He's an actual Critic. all the things that we're not. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Fuck, I just realised that. He's an actual yeah. all the things we're not. He makes up for all of our flaws. So pressure's on for Alexi Toliopoulos next hey, week. but can he buy TV advertising? Maybe. Right. <laughs> he probably a, could. Can you write a brand strategy? Probably. Yeah. But. But he'll be here. And we're going to talk about Bowfinger, one of his favourite movies growing up. And we're very excited. It's butter. Yeah. It's butter, baby. Butter, baby. Chubby oh, Rain. Chubby Rain. That was in that movie. Alien Love. <laughs> yeah. It yes, is. it was. I'm looking, I'm pumped. <laughs> I haven't seen that since maybe the cinema. Oh, really? Yeah. Awesome. When we were desperate for Eddie Murphy movies. I'm looking forward to it. Looking uh, forward to it. In the meantime, buy some merch. Oh, we have a review. We have, I forgot to say at the top of the show. What? Merch store update. Oh, we now have the friend of the show tea in black. Oh, do we? It was a hotly requested item, so it's now available, um, as well as the classic in black as well. By you fashionistas out there. You fashionistas. I bet you get stopped in the streets, don't you? Yeah. And said, where's <laughs> that shirt from? We can't do the singlets or tank tops, whatever you call them, because um, they take too long for shipping. So I've only got one of those that I wear to the gym on lap pack day. Yeah. Um, but we'll try and work those out too. We'll find a better shipping, For the shipping guns. better brand. Um, I guess that's it. Bye. 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 Bye.